0: Today on the ZabeCast, Mike Francesa has finally pulled the plug on his Nevis' Twitter account. Back after this. Overdue or a fatal misstep? Andy Poland joins me thoughts on weird ball ways to play seasons, plus the upcoming NFL fantasy draft, uh, I mean real draft, with chicken wing sauce on keyboards all around the league. All that, plus sometimes it takes a pandemic to bring out the truth. Your daily kickstarter of uncensored me is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go. Oh, ho, ho,
1: ho, ho, ho. Here we go.
0: Wednesday, April 8, 2020. Thank you for joining me. Good morning, my neighbor. Indeed, good morning. You. Yes! Yes! You told Day twenty eight of the No Sports Apocalypse Again. We will get through it. We gotta because we have no other choice. You can get it done. So let's stick together. Done. What's more? more you gotta, gotta get it done. Get it done. Andy Poland's gonna help me get it done today. Thank you for downloading. All right. I got in a text today from somebody who has been to the big cat rescue in Florida. Johnny Hep from Milwaukee says, Zabe. Big Cat Rescue is not far from the airport in Tampa. They advertise what, that they give educational tours. So my wife and I had a couple hours to kill before a flight. We said, what the hell? Let's go check it out. Let me tell you, bro, it's a strange, strange place for a supposed business-like operation. It was difficult to get anyone in the gift shop or ticket office to even acknowledge our presence. When they did, no one seemed to understand that they gave tours. I persisted, though, and someone poked their head through a door and said they were sold out, sorry, come back another time. We left confused, but we now understand that the list of people that might have wanted to kill someone there was probably very, very long, and who knows what security measures were in place. (laughs) Dana White says he's got an island secured for MMA fights for the next month. And he's going to start cranking international fights through. Bing, 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 bing. Um, this would be interesting if it happens. Could be interesting. We'll see. It got me to talking islands on the show in the afternoon on Tuesday. and People were just firing him in left and right. Epstein Island, Gilligan's Island, Ellis Island, the Island of Misfit Toys. Itchy and Scratchy Land was on an island. Somebody mentioned Sentinel Island. That's the island I forget what part of the world it is, but it's so remote that the people who live there are such wary savages that there was like a group of mercenaries, not mercenaries, there's a group of, uh, uh, what am I thinking of the word, Um, evangelists? No. Uh, You know, where you go to proselytize and convert people. It'll come to me. I'm having a brain moment here. Anyway, there was a group of uh, religious people who wanted to go and uh, you know, bring the Bible to the island. And several of them were killed with bows and arrows shot from the shore. <laughs> the, the people they had hired to run the boats close to the island were like, I don't know about this. And they got close enough, next thing you know, they're under fire, and that was pretty much that. So, on the island talk front, Uh, when it comes to possible MMA fights on an island during a pandemic because damn it you know uh, Dana White says the show must go on somebody said it sounds a lot like the movie The Rock was in in 2007 called The Condemned Throw them off helicopters in shackles into the ocean. Like they wouldn't drown immediately. On a remote island, the most vicious form of illegal
2: entertainment. Give me 182 people
0: is about to go online. These contestants were already dead, each was on death row.
1: After 30 hours, I'll set the last one left alive free.
0: Companions. The so there you go. It's, it's the Hunger Games concept. It's been done before, and there's nothing necessarily new to it. But, okay. Another movie to watch during quarantine and chill if it's on whatever service you've got. And don't say, oh, I've got Netflix. I'm sure it's there. No, that's the problem. What we need is one service that has every single movie. Ever. If we can ever get to that, be a pretty good thing. <laughs> Calling Andy's home number for possible better connection. We'll see if he answers. Hello. There he is. I had no idea if I was going to get Arlene or not. But what's shaking, Andrew?
2: I am watching the replay of the Cal Ripken game from 1995. And uh, boy, I find, find Chris Berman less annoying 25 years ago.
0: <laughs> Funny how that is, right? That time does yeah. that to us. So what, what's your big takeaway from watching that thing?
2: Well, uh, one, not HD. I can't believe how I'm addicted to HD, and this is an inferior visual product. Um, but, uh, other than that, uh, it's, it's, a uh, you know, they had, uh, Earl Weaver dropped by the booth and, uh, Earl's wearing a white short sleeve dress shirt and a tie. <laughs> I, I don't know what he was thinking for a baseball game, but I guess if he went to a game without a uniform, he didn't know what to wear. That was kind of odd. And, uh, Bill Clinton has just left the booth. Did okay. A, did an inning with them.
0: Yeah. You know. That, uh, that was quite a moment for baseball, wasn't it? I mean, that was very significant because you're talking the 95 season. It's post-lockout, or Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, not lockout, the post-strike year of 94, which wiped out the World Series and Mm -hmm. wiped out the first chunk of the 95 season, right?
2: Well, they played 144 games that year. They started late. And remember, the owners were prepared to go with strike players, with uh, scabs. And Judge Sonia Sotomayor oh. of the Supreme Court of New York State ruled that they couldn't use him, and uh, that's when the game. Now, the interesting thing about Cal is that the Orioles did not field a scab team because Peter Angelo said, you know, we don't want the streak for Cal to break that way. And he said, don't oh. worry, uh, I wasn't going to cross the picket line anyway, so that wasn't going to be an issue. And if it ended, it ended. But, uh, in fact, uh, it it ended in a different way.
0: Yeah, that was crazy. You know, with uh, this latest little burble of news on Tuesday about a possible Arizona plan for baseball, which has a million possible Mm -hmm. challenges to it, and, like, you got to be crazy, it reminds you, Andy, at least it does for me, crazy shit has been done before to get games going and to play games and to do seasons. You just said they wiped out the World Series – after the players went on strike on August 12th of 94 with the mm-hmm. Montreal Expos at 74 and 50, the best record in baseball and or maybe 74 and 40 at the time. And the World Series was not played. The start of next year never happened. And it took a federal judge or a state Supreme Court judge at the time, Ms. Sotomayor, to say, OK, that's enough. But baseball is planning to go ahead with scabs.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, F.P. Santangelo, who does the Nationals games on TV. that's Yeah, that's how he got into baseball. And uh, there were a few others like that. And also, you know, who knows? I I think Michael Jordan would have eventually gone back to basketball, but that was the reason. He said, I'm not going to be a a scab. And uh, he decided to go back and play in the NBA.
0: There is also a split season once in Major League Baseball and it 81. ended up it ended up with some teams that had the best record missing the playoffs entirely or i think one team yeah. i think it was St. Louis might have had the best record combined but because they missed on both ends of the split season they were left out
2: right 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 yeah i, I remember that well that was uh, i was working actually in San Antonio then and we had baseball because uh, i was covering the double a dodgers And Tom Lasorda came to several of the games because he didn't have anything else to do. Baseball was on strike. And uh, they actually resumed the season at the All-Star Game. And the All-Star Game was played in August in Cleveland. So that was the first game back, and they took the winners of the first half of the season playing the winners of the second half, and that's how they, that was really the first year of expanded playoffs. You know, prior to that, you only had the division winners who played.
0: Uh, The NBA had a grossly disfigured season after their lockout, in which they played, I think, a 50-game schedule, compressed schedule, so that's been done before the NHL. Didn't they miss a whole season one year? A
2: whole year. Yeah, it was supposed to be Alex Ovechkin's rookie year. And he played in Russia that year. They didn't have a season. Now, here was a really cool part of that. The following year, they weren't sure what to do about the draft because there wasn't anything to base it on based on the previous season. So you might have said, well, just start over again. The Capitals get the first pick again, right? right. That's not the way it worked out. And I think they had a lottery, and it was Pittsburgh getting the number one pick, and it was Sidney Crosby. But can you imagine if they would have said, yeah, let's just do it the way we did it before, Right. have Crosby and Ovechkin on the same team?
0: That would have been something. And, of course, the NFL had multiple disfigured seasons in which two of them, our great Joe Gibbs, won the Super Bowl, one being the strike-shortened year of 82, right? Yep. In which they yep. were out and missed a bunch of games. And they what was the total number of games in 82?
2: Well, they played nine games, and they they wound up extending the season, I think, a week or so. uh, But they had to get to the Super Bowl. It was a tournament. So even though the Redskins had the best record, they still had to win three playoff games in order to get to the Super Bowl, which they did. Also, during that season... Uh, TNT took advantage of the strike and put on strike games, like players from the NFL who were on strike, they had teams. And they played, I believe they played a game one night, it might have been in Washington, Get and out. then they got on a plane and they flew out to L.A. and played another one. It, it wasn't very good football, but no. it was just, you know, and then of, put on.
0: And then, of course, in 87, the next time the labor war flared up, the NFL went ahead with scab players. And, you oh, had, and they were ready. Right, they were ready for that that one, and we played football games that counted that were televised on network TV with truck drivers, parolees, and anyone they could scrape together. That was real. That happened, and Joe Gibbs won a Super Bowl in that year as well. One of three Super Bowls he won with three different quarterbacks, none of whom, Andy, are in the Hall of Fame
2: right now it's a tremendous coaching job and also because they took that scab stuff seriously they put together a team that went three and oh
1: yes and
2: there were other teams such as the philadelphia eagles now that was a big union town and and buddy ryan was applauded for this but buddy wouldn't even look at the players <laughs> right. and if i'm not mistaken the eagles went zero and three and that may have cost him a playoff spot you know, certain teams that took advantage of that really did well, and Gibbs was one of them.
0: And in the final week of the scabs, the Redskin scabs, were able to beat a Cowboy team that had at least a dozen star players cross the picket line and play for the Dallas the Cowboys. Famers. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Tony Dorsett, Randy White, they crossed the picket line. And again, Tech Schramm, the uh, president of the Cowboys, was ready for this because He had contracts that I believe contained annuities or something like long-term investments for these players and told them, guys like Randy White, Tony Dorsett, you're going to lose those unless you come back. So here they were. Crossing the picket line and uh, and yeah and and Gibbs managed to keep his guys together and of course you you know how interested was Tony Dorsett in playing at a game like that how interested was Randy right. White you know they were there it was to a collect a check
0: field. basically yeah and they yeah, still yeah. now with all with all of that as a, just a prelude and a table setter Andy I say the following a baseball season that begins in Arizona with no fans with a bunch of quarantine teams. I'll fucking take it, and guess what? Yep. It's not the most grotesquely uh, distorted season we've ever had, necessarily. It's not. It's not. We have had, I mean, it'll suck, but we have had so many grossly disfigured sports seasons, this would not be the worst, in my opinion.
2: Except for the fact that when the games were played, well, you could say the scab games were not, I guess. At least there was fans. Yeah, by and large, they were played like regular games. Now you're talking here. Now you know, think about how baseball is played. <laughs> they're not going to have dugouts because you have to have social, social distancing. So, yeah. yeah, so they're going to be in the stands. But what happens in the dugout? Players spit. They spit all the time, <laughs> and they spit sunflower seeds. I mean, it's a it's a petri dish of disease. And, and, and you know, they're talking about the players being quarantined to a hotel, which does make some sense because that eliminates the locker room problem. It's just going to be like high school. These guys are going to walk out of the hotel in their <laughs> uniforms, get on the team bus, play the game, <laughs> get back on the bus all schmitzy, drive right. back to the hotel, change. I guess they'll put their uniforms in a hermetically sealed bag, and the clubhouse guy will pick them up at the door of the room like room service right. and, and launder the—, the, the We'll but, see. You know,
0: maybe we'll see like it, we're just too far we, we'll see what happens we'll see how much it goes all i'm saying yeah. is that whether it's MLB or the NBA or the NHL whatever reconfigured you know meatball surgery is required to patch together a season don't forget we've had this before
2: yeah yeah but I think I think look the, what they're talking about too is micing the players, which means baseball's looking at this as a real opportunity for television because what do we talk about every year with the World Series? Oh, look at the declining ratings wasn't yeah. the World Series great, but nobody's watching this case they'll have it to themselves i, I mean know. this 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 I, this reboot of of Mickelson and Tiger playing again that didn't do very well last time no I, this I, time it's going to be huge if it well, happens
0: I don't, I don't know what's going to happen i think they're throwing cold water on that one so we'll see about yeah. it i got an email here from one randall moore of columbus ohio he writes to say steve one percenter here and former caller to your morning radio show days back on fox sports yahoo espionation etc i'm utilizing my disney plus subscription by going through old 30 for 30s on espn plus that i've missed and one of them was the year of the scab. Having only been three years old in 87, I never, never really took a deep dive into the player strike and had no knowledge about what was going on leading into that whole situation. My question is, could you go over this topic with Andy Poland? I'd love to get the story and memories from fans and local sports personalities of those three weeks in sports history. I really appreciate Mr. Redskins' encyclopedia and his thoughts on this. <laughs> So, okay. with that said, Andy, a little deeper dive into the scab three weeks.
2: Well, like, like I mentioned, there were some coaches who were into it, like Joe Gibbs, who, who managed to, uh, to, to coach these guys. And, and in, in fact, uh, Charlie Casserly, who is the general manager, says that may have been Gibbs' greatest coaching job. And one of the stories he likes to tell is, you know, on Saturday night they have a meeting of the team, and they get the last pep talk, I guess, and they go over, you know, last-minute assignments, and then there's a buffet that's put out. Well, you know, a lot of the players, you know, go out to dinner either before or after that, but he said he loved the fact that on the Saturday night buffet, it was picked clean by these scab guys. <laughs> and this, this. this, this this is like, you know, on our business, free food in a radio station. You see how quickly it disappears. Sure. These guys were happy to get their free hamburgers and really appreciated that. So, so he liked that. There's also a great, um, great piece of video. I don't, uh, maybe on YouTube where the Giants are playing the 49ers. Now, I, I believe the 49ers didn't make the playoffs that year. I know the Giants did not. And at one point, Bill Walsh runs the single wing. And Parcells is looking over from the sidelines, just busting out with laughter. And <laughs> Bill Walsh throws his palms up in like, the air. What like, am I supposed well, to what do? What are you going to do here? Yeah. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, you know, the uh, the other the other great you know the red Redskin quarterback story is uh, and uh, his name escapes me, but uh, Tony uh, Ed Rubert was the starting quarterback. They had a guy that got out on prison release.
0: Release. Uh, Tony, oh, from Tennessee. Yes, Yeah. yeah. Tony Robinson. uh, Tony Robinson, yes. And they they were like kind of gently trying to get him off of parole so he could come play for him.
2: Yeah, exactly. So uh, he's on the team now. He isn't the starter, Ed Rupert, who went to uh, Louisville and I guess had been in the Redskins training camp and was cut, so he knew the system he played. But in that Cowboy game, he got hurt, and it was Tony Robinson who managed to uh, save the day for them. And, uh, and that was one of the really cool. stories. the other thing about, uh, Rupert is he was from New York. And I remember working at WFAN when the strike was settled and I got a call, uh, from somebody in the, what we call the bullpen, the newsroom. And the woman on the other end said, uh, did I hear right? Is, is, is this settled? Are the players coming back? I said, yes ma'am uh that's right and and who's calling? She said, "Oh, this is Mrs. Rupert. I wanted to make sure my son was going to be having a job. It doesn't look like he will now. you have to remember this this is this is how the owners took the players just like a dog and rubbed their noses in it because the players reported back." The Wednesday. They said, you know, Tuesday night they had a deal, they were gonna come back, or Tuesday night they said we're we're giving in, we're waving the white flag, and they were gonna show up for work on Wednesday, which is usually the start of the of the work week. And the owner said, No, 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 no. You're gonna sit one more week That's and right. watch this. Yep. And then you'll come back and then you'll lose one more check. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: all all remarkable stuff and it was real, it happened. The thirty for thirty is excellent on that, so definitely go ahead and watch it. You mentioned WFAN. Two big news stories out of your former radio station that you helped start back in 1994. Oh, 87. 87, excuse me. Yes, you started TEM yeah. in 94 here in D.C. 92. But 92, thank you, Andy. 87. <laughs> 87 in New York, WFAN, the first all-sports format in radio mm-hmm. where people were like, what will they talk about all day long? And sure enough, we found a way to talk about all that stuff and more for all day long. Uh, John Minko, as part of Radio Giant Entercom's uh, slashing of jobs amid the pandemic and maybe just because they wanted to lose some weight, uh, John Minko, who had been there forever, took a buyout with the station. He was like one of the originals. And yes. that, that yes. news, along with Mike Francesa, finally throwing down and saying, no more replaying of my clips by his Twitter account nemesis back after this. I'll play this minute and 28-second clip. Uh, that has a little bit of both in it from last week, from this week.
1: One thing week. I wanted to do that I've been meaning to do, um, as an example, and we've been planning this for a while, but I want this will be part of the show every day from now on, uh, something we've been planning, and that is uh, the other day we get to the I point. did an open that was Jesus. viewed 2.4 million times in different places uh, and used illegally in a bunch of places, too. Um, So we've been planning this for a long time. This copyrighted broadcast and telecast is presented by the authority of Intercom, Radio.com, and WFAN, and may not, remember, may not be reproduced or retransmitted without the express written consent of Intercom, Communications Corporation, and Radio.com. And that means anybody. You want to go get video of me or or see part of the show, go to Radio.com. Every one of my programs are there, audio and video, no one else. Can reproduce the audio or video of this program again without written permission from Entercom.
0: So there it is, right there. Him basically closing the gate on Back After This. It was his rant about Trump, who he claimed to be yep. buddies with, that went viral. And he either he decided or Entercom decided we're going to finally shut down Back After This. Back After This has been chronicling Francesca's missteps, his prank calls, his. Lying ways about I never said that for what five years
2: now, at least. At least, and he's claiming he didn't have anything to do with it. It was an mm-hmm. intercom decision that uh, that, what that do you think? That
0: what do you think?
2: Uh, one of the good theories I heard was that somebody from Trump's administration heard it, or Trump himself heard it, and these guys are allies. I mean, francesa has known Trump as a friend long before he became president. And I guess it got back to Francesa that Trump was pissed. (laughs) So that's what fun because he's been he's been taking one punch after another from these guys for five years. Sure, and he'll once in a while when he's challenged, he'll say, "Oh, they doctored the the audio or they messed around with things." But but he hasn't lashed out and said this has got to stop. So that may have been the final straw that his relationship with Trump. Who I guess he's looking forward to golfing with whenever the president leaves office, whether it's this year or four years from now, uh, and maybe that's that's the reason. I, I I have no other reason to why why now why what, why was this the last straw?
0: I don't know. Is it? I mean, Frances's career is virtually over anyway, so does it matter? But I mean, he basically shredded. He cut the cord on whatever relevance he had outside of his like hardcore supporters. Right, like so yeah, many people the, had no idea who he was until they saw these clips.
2: Yeah, but but if you only watch the clips, you think he's an imbecile, and so fact, what? He
0: is So what? Hard. You know who he is? Isn't it fall well, under yeah, the? But, any publicity is good publicity. Uh,
2: I I don't think at this okay. point, you know, the guy's sixty five years old. I mean, he he for whatever you think of him now, and and I I'm not. I don't admire him as a person, per, personally. He has achieved the highest level of success in our business. I, I don't think there there are any, but there's anybody else who's been as successful in sports radio as Mike Francesa.
0: Strictly sports radio? No. If you count no. the TV pundit talking heads like Coward and Bayless, then that's a different realm. But yeah, basically, yeah. You, you can't argue with that. And then there's Joe Minko, John Minko, who has been an update guy in WFAN from the start. He took a buyout. This was him with Joe and Evan the other day.
1: One of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, because it's all true. Everyone who has said it knows it's true, and that's the great John Minko. Mink, congratulations on a Hall of Fame career, my yeah. friend. Brilliant career, Mink. Uh, th- thank you very much. Uh, yeah, uh, that it's uh, It's been uh, some run at FAN, and it's uh, yeah, obviously sad to uh, have it come to a close here, uh, but uh, you know, there's so many memories that uh, we'd be here ever.
0: All right. The mink man, as they call him, Andy. Give people his story.
1: Well, he,
2: uh, he's a guy who came up through the ranks like a lot of people, went to Butler University and uh, worked for some smaller radio stations. He actually had gone to school with a couple of the original owners of the radio station, MS Broadcasting, and they knew him and they liked him and they hired him. It was a very much of an entry job. He was in his early 30s and he was doing weekend updates. In those days, we used to do them every 15 minutes. And you have to recognize that there was no Internet, so you couldn't check scores on your phone. The big competition for WFAN was two things. W-I-N-S, which was the all-news station, did 15 and 45. And nobody would really understand this if you're not over the age of, let's say, 40, maybe even 50. Sports phone. That ah. In New York, there, there was a, a telephone number that you could call for 50 cents a call that would give you all the scores. And among the people who work for it, Howie Rose, Linda Cohn, uh, a couple others that, that got their start there, and so uh, they thought, well, well, we'll appease the people who want to get scores, including the gamblers, so come on every 15 minutes. And Mink and I and uh, the Ed Coleman, who's still at the station, did it. Susan Waldman, who does the Yankee games, right. he was an original update person. Mark Boyle, my friend of a long time, he's been the Indiana Pacers voice for th- over 30 years. We were all original update people. And uh, and Minko Minko was a survivor. They had cutbacks, and I was unfortunately involved in that. He stayed on, and he stayed on forever. And he put his ego you, aside. You know, he was willing to do it, do, uh, do whatever said, they asked.
0: You said he got you fired.
2: Well, not exactly. I mean he 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 was a survivor in in part, I would say, and this is to take nothing away from his ability or the fact that he's a good guy and a very hard worker. but the relationship with the owners was definitely in his favor at that point and uh, and and that's, you know. Uh, among and I think he would tell you that was among the reasons that he did survive that yeah. big cutback.
0: Well, that's but, true. You have to navigate these uh, the waters of the of the yeah. business and the career, and you have to bite down hard sometimes and make choices that you might not want to make. Right? Yeah,
2: yeah. And and look, he he had a he had a great run there. Plus, you know, it's it's sometimes who you get hooked up with. And, you know, I had a lot of success with you and I had success with Tony Kornheiser and, and I, I would not have had that on my own. So being with them was you and, and Tony was helpful. Plus with Minko, he was the update guy for Mike and the Mad Dog for most of their run. So, you know, that's not, that's,
0: not that's, too shabby that, right there.
2: That's a pretty good ride. Yeah, that's, that's uh, getting in a nice car and, uh, and being a good passenger.
0: Yeah, uh, that's the thing. You know, when you when you have success and you're in a place for a long time, it becomes comfortable, but then when it ends, it's, it's, I think it's harder. It's almost a good bit of advice, maybe if I could give it, that you should move ahead of the posse in your career if possible.
2: If possible. But but there's a a, a part of you that says, hey, this is a good job. I'm comfortable here. Let me do the best job I can. Well, sometimes that's not good enough. Miko's 67. He would have been talking about retiring anyway. So he he wound up leaving maybe three or four months early. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a it wasn't a real jarring thing for him.
0: And then I got uh, this for you. Have you seen the quarantine house theme going around on Twitter?
2: Mm, oh yes who you would rather who you would like to be quarantined with six six houses
0: six media personalities which house would you choose and this was done by awful announcing they did a great job of balancing out the assholes with the hot women so you really had to think about it here's the houses ready house one stephen a smith jim nance rob stone Jay billis doris burke pam oliver
2: Wow. If you could get Stephen A. out of there, that's a pretty good house. <laughs> house two.
0: Skip Bayless, Al Michaels, James Brown, A Rod, Aaron Andrews, and Rachel Nichols.
2: Ooh, some really great people in there. Uh, James Bayless, Brown, I worked with. Bayless would yeah, ruin. Bayless, it. Bayless, I think he would. Bayless hurts you. But, <laughs> and but, A Rod but, is
0: a total douche, but right, maybe he'd pay but, for things.
2: <laughs> but but jb is ultra nice and big i mean and jb was a great athlete at the Matha, and i think studied jujitsu so he could actually kill people if they got out of hand
0: do you think Not aaron andrews would, but do you think aaron andrews in a quarantine house would like get over herself and be down to earth and fun or would she be a princess uh
2: i don't know hard, <laughs> hard to say i i, I don't I, does anybody really know her does anybody say aaron nah. andrews is my friend not, like who? Not,
0: a, not a whole lot that I know of. I think she shrouds herself yeah. a little bit in mystery, and obviously the hotel incident probably caused yeah. her to withdraw quite a bit. House number three, Colin Cowherd, Ugh. Chris Fowler, yeah. Bill Simmons, Dick Vitale, Carissa Thompson, Rebecca Lowe.
2: No. <laughs> a hundred times. That's that's the worst lineup I've heard yet. By why?
0: Okay. Coward is a real. And you know, guys, listen. I'm yeah. the one that should be doing yeah. this. He would annoy yeah. you. Would Vital annoy you?
2: Oh yes, 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 yes. Because <laughs> Vital needs constant attention. He, hey, he, he, hey baby, what are we doing today?
0: Quarantine <laughs> house.
2: <laughs> he, he he's, he's like the dog that wants to climb in your lap all the time you know right. like
0: what you know? house four mike francesa doc emmerich brian kenny tony romo michelle tafoya katie nolan that would be my house because francesa would quickly retreat to his own room and not come out and then i'd have a good group of five people
2: yeah, I, although Francesca can can cause disturbances and <laughs> be a penalty, uh, yes. and and you know his uh, I like Chris Russo. I, Chris Russo, I, I've known him since he was a part timer at WFAN and, and one of the best guys I've ever met in this business. And the fact that he had problems with Mike, and Mike had problems with him—that
0: tells you all, all you need to know about Mike yeah. exactly. All right, yeah. House Five: Shannon Sharp, Joe Buck, Ernie Johnson. Bill Raftery, onions, Maria Taylor, oh yeah, and Jessica Mendoza. Uh,
2: all good, and boy, I, I, Raftery, I've been around him, he seems like salt of the earth guy. That That's a good house. That, right. that sounds good to me.
0: And then Max Kellerman, Mike Breen, Kurt Menefee, Charles Barkley, Tracy Wolfson, Mina Kimes. Ooh, that's kind good. Of boring, I mean, uh, Breen and Menefee oh, yeah. would be boring. Kimes does nothing for me. Tracy's a sweet lady. Barkley would be pretty good. Kellerman's a dude. Funny.
2: Yeah. Funny, funny. And, uh, Mike, Mike Breen, I worked with at WFA and also very, very nice guy. I like him very, very much. Um, that's a good house too. I, I, I'd be okay with that.
0: You know, I'm going to do a DC media personality house list for tomorrow. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. <laughs> I hope I hope there's yeah. no uh, feathers that are ruffled in this, but we'll see.
2: <laughs> of course, DC sports media continues to shrink by the day, doesn't it? Oh, I mean, God. <laughs> there, there was a time when when uh, you know you had three kingpins on TV. Now you can't name any of the sports people on TV.
0: Tis a shame, Andy. But we roll with the punches as always. Thanks for your time, brother. We'll talk next week. All right. See bye Bye, bye. All right, let's end on this today. Sometimes it takes a pandemic for the real truth to come out. Hmm. A sign was posted. I'm not sure what city this is. Let me take a closer look. Uh, Cambridge, Cambridge, Mass. Sign that says, do not push the walk signal button. The signal will come on automatically. For information on the city's response to COVID-19, visit cambridge.gov, COVID-19, blah, blah, blah. So in other words, somebody tweeted, coronavirus brings out the truth. <laughs> so is that walk button truly a placebo or does it actually help initiate a quicker sequencing of the walk sign? I have no idea. I have no idea why with everybody locked inside, you'd have a problem with, getting across the street there's no cars there's no traffic right but yeah uh and of course you could push it with your elbow you could kick it with your shoe you could tuck your finger inside your shirt and push it but then i guess you could get the coronavirus on you that way who knows i just love the fact that yep the truth is out that button doesn't do shit don't push it the walk signal will come on automatically All right, that is a wrap for today. Thank you for downloading, for sharing a half an hour with me. Remember to sign up for Fridays. It's not free, but it's cheap, about 16 cents a day. It helps keep me motivated, energized, and doing this for you out there. And I certainly appreciate all of my Friday subscribers. Rate and review so our algorithmic overlords bless this podcast. And tell a friend who likes good things in their ears, as I like to say. Have a great Wednesday, everybody, and we will see you tomorrow.